And I think I've truly come to the knowing that I am just meant to seek out pleasure as much as I possibly can on my time on this earth. And there are so many ways I experience pleasure through through flavors, through sounds. But I think if I break down like the most important ones to me, it's laughter, it's intimacy, and it's dance. And it's recognizing the fact that healing can very much be this like embodied, pleasureful, easeful, liberating, fun, cathartic, and euphoric experience. Hi, welcome to Your Living Body a podcast that centers our inner experience as we navigate the liminal spaces of change. I am your host, Lillian, and I invite you to come back to your body. I am here to offer conversations and somatic practices that will help you develop a more intimate relationship with yourself and find greater meaning and purpose in your life. Your body has been waiting for you to arrive. Let's dive in. Okay, good morning. Good morning, good morning. Um, well, it's morning here. Don't know if it's morning where you are. <laughs> I want to welcome you today wherever you are in the world, in time and space. Thank you for tuning in once again. My name is Lillian and we've got our second interview on Your Living Body podcast, which is so exciting. I really feel like I'm on a roll with these interviews. It's very fun for me. Uh, So I've got more coming up in the next several weeks, but today I want to welcome Jasmine Kyleen. It was such an honor to sit down and chat with her. She is such a light to this world and a big inspiration for me. And she is one of my um, most dearest internet friends. (laughs) I really do believe that the whole universe orchestrated our meeting. I was introduced to her through one of my best friends and she was like, "Mm, you should meet with this astrologer. I think you guys would like jam together. And I was like, okay. And the second I met Jasmine, I was like, oh my God, I want to be your best friend. (laughs) So she is just has such a light and bright and insightful and clear energy. And I can't wait to share this conversation with you. She is an astrologer and a spiritual counselor. She's also a music journalist, side note. She does like so many different things. And she's just overall a very enthusiastic, embodied leader who's devoted to the healing of others and the larger landscape of the world. Uh, So in her work, she uses astrology, she uses the cosmic blueprint of the stars uh, to help you realize your fullest potential. And she believes that medicine can be found in community, movement, and ritual which she truly does demonstrate in her work. She always is holding offerings, moon rituals, moon circles, as well as chakra healing dance, as well as her offerings around astrology and really infusing a lot of embodiment in her work. 
And I truly appreciate the ways that her values are so clearly coming through her expression. In this episode, we talk a lot about our inner child and inner child healing and connecting with the inner child. And as you will see, there is such clarity and conviction in the ways that she shares about her own inner child healing work and the way that I receive her is just such a clear transmission of uh, the embodiment of this work. So I'm really excited to dive into this conversation today. Not only do we talk about inner child healing, but we also share a great deal about boundaries and Jasmine shares her experience about showing up online with authenticity and vulnerability, specifically in the social media landscape, and shares with us what she's learned about her own boundaries and how she connects with her boundaries when it comes to being in relationship with other people. Um, We also talk about getting beyond social conditioning and limiting beliefs around our identity and getting underneath self-criticism and self-judgment and coming into our body and connecting with the feeling and inner landscape of our hearts and our bodies. She also shares with us her work around uh, chakra dance. She's been conducting workshops uh, that facilitate people moving with the energetic expression of the chakras, which honestly I'm obsessed with. She's located in Florida, so I don't know where in Florida, but I will link the details in the show notes, but I swear I'm about ready to hop on a plane to go join one of her classes. (laughs) Uh, But if you do want to connect with her, all of her information is in the show notes. She offers in-person workshops and gatherings as well as online as well. So I hope you have got your listening ears on, your pen and paper, um, If you can take notes during this episode, um, that would be a great way to engage with this material. Uh, It's not necessary, but I always like to give a little, you know, encouragement, almost a little reflective homework. Um, Jasmine shares a lot of beautiful reflective questions uh, that I know I have written down in my journal that I keep coming back to. So... A couple of announcements before we head into the episode. Keep your eyes peeled for an announcement from me beginning December 1st. I'll be running a holiday discount for my somatic care sessions from December 1st all the way through the 30th. Because I think during the holiday season and the denouement of the year, having some sort of somatic care practice can be really, really helpful and valuable as we navigate the end of the year. So these somatic care sessions are one-on-one and they are meant to facilitate self-care and self-discovery. So we'll be bringing attention to your soma, right? Through sensation and feeling, movement, bringing in some connection with inner imagery of what is going on from the inside for you to connect with yourself and learn how to deeply listen to your body. So these sessions are really good for anyone who might need some emotional processing uh, or want to just come into a healthy relationship of body awareness. So 
These sessions are held virtually online. They will be 25% off in the month of December. Uh, so yeah, keep your eyes peeled for more announcements around that. Also, if you are located in Brooklyn, um, I will be running a class called Nervous System Reset. It will be held at Dance Wave on Fridays in December. So the first one is coming up on December 2nd uh, from 7 to 8.30 p.m. And we will be getting into some delicious, relaxing, organic, natural movement to get you into your body and finding a state of balance. So I hope you will join me. I will be giving all of the information below in the show notes as well as, you know, everywhere that I can the social medias and my website. So I hope we can be in touch. Okay, without further ado, let's welcome Jasmine Kyleen. Hi, Jasmine. Hi, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. <laughs> Me too. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. I'm literally so excited to talk to you today. <laughs> Oh my God. No, I couldn't be on it. I was saying before this that like I'm an avid listener. So to be like one of the first few guests on here is just, I couldn't, I feel like I just won an Oscar, truly. <laughs> well, I'm even honored that you listen to the pod because this is a new adventure for me and it's even a bit vulnerable to share it in this way. So it's mm -hmm. also my intention of bringing people on that um, really inspire me with their work. Your work has inspired me. I am <laughs> giddy to say that we are internet friends. We actually haven't met in real life, which is totally crazy. Um, but this is also the beauty of the online space is that <laughs> we met a few years ago and we've done some exchanges and um, yeah, you've read my astrology chart and I've just had a few readings with you that has been really, really beneficial and mm -hmm. have taken me onto the path that I am on right now. So honoring you and I'm so grateful for what you bring into the world. Um, and I want to talk a little bit more about that. Can you share with us um, what you do and how you do it? Just give us a little synopsis and then we'll kind of go into it a bit deeper. Totally. Oh my God. First of all, I'm so honored. And you're right. I didn't even realize that we haven't met in, in person, which is so crazy how like social media and our relationship to it has made it so that you can have these intimate connections with people who you haven't even had any sort of like physical interaction with. And I'm often ebbing and flowing with like, I want to delete social media and not exist online, but also I have to in order to have any offerings. And like, it's beautiful to be reminded of the beautiful parts of social media, which is that you can nourish relationships without, um, yeah, without like those boundaries in between impeding. But anyway, side tangent, my name is Jasmine Kyleen. Um, yes, I am a certified spiritual counselor. I am a journalist. I'm an astrologer. I honestly, I am just someone navigating their existential mid quarter life crisis, um, as honestly and as openly as possible. Um, all of my work has just been informed by my own true um, personal interests and desires and, and deep diving deeper into them for myself and being able to platform that for others. So yeah, I work one-on-one -on -one with people on a very um, unique, individual, actualized basis. I work with breath work and, and um, dance chakra movement. I work with astrology and decoding the cosmos in order for people to get to know 
um, deeper parts of themselves and live in the fullest um, version of their potential. And otherwise, I just hope that in any way that I show up online, I'm able to live and navigate my own truth and my becoming out loud in hopes that that mirrors something back to the person watching and, and connects them deeper to themselves. So I hope that that makes sense. That's so convoluted, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it makes, I mean, there's so much with what you shared. I have like a million questions, but I'm actually going to do a full circle back to, we were talking about being in this online space um, mm. and the challenges that come with showing up and being vulnerable and these questions around vulnerability. How much do I share? How much do I show? How is this being received? Um, is there any way I can even um, control what's being re received um, on the other end? So these are all questions that I've navigated for myself. Um, and so in the spirit of what you're saying of showing up in these spaces and, you know, living out loud, which is so inspiring. And um, whenever I receive your, your offerings online and, and just what you share, I always sense a very aligned and, <clears throat> excuse me, authentic authenticity come from you. And so I know in my experience, it like, uh, it awakens something for me. Um, but I'm wondering how that is for you. Like what, what have you learned or what kind of like internal maybe challenges have you come up against as you show up with vulnerability and authenticity online? Oh my gosh. I, this is so important to talk about because it's something that I am continually navigating and trying my best to survive because, um, I think where I've arrived at now is anytime I show up online, I try to be so clear, crystal clear and discerning on what the why is. Like if I'm going to share a story, if I'm going to share a post, why is it? Because I think in my own personal journey in terms of like relating to my own self-worth, I found that I can often externally resource my validation and make sure like I will feel good with myself if I had this soundboard around me that says I'm doing well or that I um, have offered something of substance or that I look pretty, right? So like, I try to make sure that any post, any story, anything that I share online, that it, my why is something of service or something of just pure creative expression rather than like, this needs to be seen in order for it to exist, right? Like if, like this beautiful fall tree that I got to experience in physicality, if, if no one else sees it and sees it, I'm like this artsy person who has this like, you know, beautiful angled perspective of the world. If they don't see it, then it didn't happen. Um, Yeah, I try to my best to remove myself from that because I've drowned in that. But in terms of my own work and showing up, I think in particular with, with healing services, I think people feel more comfortable um, working and showing themselves with and for you if you come off as someone personable and they feel an intimate connection. And so it's almost as if like vulnerability is kind of like a duty. And it's so important to note that like there needs to be boundaries there because um, I found that I can be very vulnerable online and show up very fully. And then it sometimes gives people permission to think that like they know me and that they are like my personal friend. And I think that can be very overwhelming because you almost have this like obligation to people because of how you show up so nakedly. So I'm always trying to find the boundary between being fully myself and being fully authentic without, while also holding stuff sacred to myself 
not giving too much, but then also not having such a wall up to where it's impenetrable. It's honestly, it means the world that you say that it's coming off well, because I am constantly drowning and overthinking it. I just want to delete everything and like live in a forest and not exist. And then I also want to post everything that I think and every feeling that I've ever had. And like, (laughs) it's so, I'm so overwhelmed all the time, but I'm doing my best because you kind of can't not interact with the internet now. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I so appreciate you being transparent about your experience. Um, I resonate so deeply with what you're describing (laughs) and I think a lot of people can resonate as well. And I feel like this conversation is starting to come to the surface, starting to come to the light a little bit. I think for the, for the brave souls who, who want to actually share their vulnerable experience about being online. Um, Although I would still say and observe that there's still a lot of like superficiality online. Um, But yeah, I'm appreciating it because I've had the same experience as well of like tying my self-worth to an external source of validation. And what is a better space to do that in? but social media. And what is the most volatile space to do that in as well is social media, because, you know, for whatever reason you want to put to it, you know, the algorithm, it's like, it's such intermittent reinforcement as well, that it has that addictive quality. So Mm. I have fully gone down the rabbit hole of like, needing a, uh, needing a post to go well, you know, and not even knowing that that was an intention that like something, it was like a subconscious or unconscious operation underneath that needed some kind of validation. Didn't even know it was happening until the quote unquote post didn't do well, you know? And I, even as I'm sharing this, it feels vulnerable because it's like a really edgy, uh, shadowy kind of space to be in. But I know that it's not my own experience (laughs) alone. I think a lot of people experience this, whether it's conscious or not. Um, So yeah, just sharing how I'm resonating with, with what you're saying. And I'm curious to hear more about like your boundaries and what, what those boundaries look like for you. Um, cause I'm hearing this, like, yeah, being vulnerable and then people kind of coming into your space in a way that, you know, might be misconstrued or might feel like it's invited, but it's not so invited. So anyway, what, how have you practiced those boundaries for yourself? Mm, Oh my God. Thank you so much for like validating my experience of it because the same, I mean, like the performance of a post meaning so much about how we go home back to ourselves is so mind boggling to me. And I'm listening to a lot of, I don't know if you're familiar with like Bo Burnham, he's this creative and he's incredible. And he talks a lot about how, um, you know, societally we've gone from colonizing land to like colonizing our attention and how these platforms are are truly constructed to um just suck us in and to you know yeah to just give our our most valuable currency which is our energy and our attention and so for me I think it what I didn't realize it was a problem until my relationship with social media began to shift my own relationship with myself um exactly what you were saying the minute that I began to measure my my value in relationship to how others were interacting with my um, with my content, which I mean, that word in itself 
like makes me kind of want to die. But like, you know what I mean? Like that in itself, I realized like, oh, there needs to be boundaries here. And so um, I think I'm I'm constantly, and it's beautiful that you asked this because it ties so well into your work. I'm constantly checking in with my body. Um, because so for instance, I can spend two hours on TikTok um, and like leave feeling refreshed and leave feeling absolutely fine because there is no element to performance on TikTok for me. I'm not like a creator on there and I, and I learn and it's fun. Um, whereas I can spend five minutes on Instagram and check in with my body and I'm in fight or flight mode. I'm tight. I'm, um, I'm drained energetically. So it's so important to consistently have a relationship with your body as you interact with these platforms and and conversely see like sometimes I will share something that I'm so passionate about that I'm lit up as I'm typing the caption and it doesn't matter if it gets like you know 12 likes because it's it it came from somewhere so well intentioned so to continually have a relationship with how my body is responding to what I'm sharing has really helped mm-hmm. um and to yeah and just like I said I, if anyone is navigating this which I'm sure someone is I think to just continually have that dialogue with yourself about what your why is when it comes to why you are showing up online because I think that connects you to um the truth of your mission versus um like the weight of how it's received right like like if you're sharing a post because you needed to get it out of your system and you found worth in um maybe someone seeing themselves in what you are saying or what you're offering it does not matter how it's received it's knowing that it was birthed through you that's the true um gift and true reward um so yeah having that relationship with myself and letting my boundaries shift there are some weeks when I'm so creative and I think it's also important to honor your own cycles but like there are weeks when I I want to say everything and it feels aligned to say everything and then I have a week like last week where I deleted the app like entirely from my phone and I needed it. And that in turn fed and fueled who I showed back up as nourished and replenished. So yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I'm so grateful you're naming this fluidity of boundaries. That is something that I have definitely had to work with myself. I think um, for me personally, the bound- boundaries feel fluid within me and my inner experience. However, there is still somehow this voice in my head that says, once I make a rule, I have to stick to the rule, you know, (laughs) it's like, (laughs) but it's like, what if the rule isn't working for me that day or that hour or that minute? So this embodiment piece that you're speaking to is so important. Also just such sage advice as well to just like keep coming back and checking in because I think that's that's where our boundaries always are. They're always going to be within our felt experience, right? And how we're feeling in any given moment. And it is such a practice, right? It's such a practice of like going from, right? This like mind headspace of these are my rules. These are my boundaries. This is my checklist for the day, you know, versus (laughs) actually like slowing things down a little bit and taking a moment to come inside your body, your felt experience and be like, well, how am I actually feeling in this moment? Like, what do I need right now? And so, yeah, it sounds like you are in this like active practice of doing this um, with with one of the hardest things to navigate, which is social media and especially how our work shows up on social media and everything like that. So, yeah. 
Beautiful. And so I'm hearing too, that part of this process of embodiment for you is checking in with your why. And I want to hear more about your why. Why do you show up with this work in the world and what led you onto this path? Totally. Oh my God. Wait, I have to immediately, I'm sorry. Everything that you just said was so delicious that I'm like, wait, we cannot just skate past that because it's so important that we recognize the fact, I think that fluidity and boundaries can often make people uncomfortable because I think as human beings, we tend to find comfort in living in extremes. Or I can speak for myself and say that I am either like engorging or I am completely removed and dead from something. So like, I don't, it's it's difficult sometimes to honor that place in the middle that says, who am I today? And what rules or boundaries or, you know, self-regulations honor that version of the skin that I'm standing in. And um, yeah, so like there was just so much nectar in what you were saying, especially because I hate to bring astrology into it, darling, but as a Capricorn Mercury, <laughs> as a Saturn ruled mind, um, I, I I don't even make rules. I make laws for myself and I I live such a devoted life to the laws that I've built for myself because I know they come from an informed place but if I ever break my own rules like I am the first one to punish myself and it's so important to um navigate life with more grace and um and yeah and let those boundaries be fluid and let your relationship with your own rules be fluid and so yes to address that I just think that everything that you said was so important for people to hear and especially when it comes to my relationship with social media I think um, how I've navigated being fluid with those rules really has to do with um, recognizing the fact that, and this also ties into our relationship with living in our fullest potential. I think it's so important to note that we are not fixed beings and it's so important to live in devotion to the version of yourself that you wake up as in that given moment, in that giving breath. And so I can be a version of myself that needs a lot of community, that needs a lot of um, nurture and, and, and external stimulation. Then I can wake up as a version of myself that needs that solitude and that rest. <clears throat> right. And so it's so important that, yeah, that we live in the truth that honors who we stand in that moment, in that breath. Um, and now I'm totally forgetting the question that you asked. <laughs> I wouldn't <laughs> tangent. I'm so sorry. What was it? <laughs> no, I mean, this is the most beautiful tangent though, of going into this, the fluidity of boundaries. Yeah. And right. yes, and as, as you're speaking, I'm like, mm-hmm, yes, <laughs> receiving it, taking it. Because it's yeah. like, I think it's so important for everyone and anyone I know for me to just always be reminded of that practice. I mean, I think this is why practice is such a key word here because it it's a returning, right? It's this like process of returning back to the present moment, to how I'm showing up today. You said in, you know, right now in my skin and, um, and gosh, darn it. That's so hard. (laughs) It's like, so like, why, you know, like, it's so hard. I know for me, um, the edge, the edge of that, and you spoke to this too, of being like the first person to punish yourself when you have quote unquote broken one of your laws. And that resonates with me so deeply. One of my, my challenges is, or um, barriers or blocks to being in the present moment with myself and acknowledging and accepting and loving whatever version of me shows up in that moment. 
the block is that my mind always has something to say about it. You know, I've always, there's always some kind of judgment that comes in that says, oh, I shouldn't be feeling this way or I should be doing something else. And so all of this, um, yeah, those, the, <laughs> I like to call it the committee, you know, the committee in my mind. <laughs> I think one of my friend's moms, actually, <laughs> I took that term from my friend's mom. Yeah. It's like, what does the committee have to say? Like all of these little internal voices that we have that, that are, you know, judging and interpreting the situations that we're in. And it's like, that's why it's a practice. It's like coming, you know, <laughs> sort of saying, excuse me, and like moving past the committee and coming into your body. <laughs> And being like, okay, hush, hush, like, let's take a second. We're just going to pause, <laughs> get underneath all of that noise and just find that place of acceptance. And it's hard. It can be hard. Yeah, totally. Yeah. No, I have an entire Supreme court up there. Um, They're all named. <laughs> they're all cloaked. I know all of them intimately. And I think so many of them stem from ego. And I think so much of uh, work in this realm, I think in a lot of ways, like, vilifies the ego and it's so important to note that those voices really are trying to keep us safe and um find us taking those leaps of faith as a threat to our um to our safety right we can hop into fight or flight and our ego can try to shut down and protect us and so anytime those voices of of self-critique that is informed by a society that values our worth by our productivity you know I, I always try to like meet myself with as much ease and grace and then know that like okay this is my inner child that's scared or this is my shadow self that is um you know doesn't have a sense of security and so but yeah but those voices can be a bit disorienting a hundred percent and so and with remembering the question that you originally asked which ties in beautifully is what is the why that I'm committed and devoted to and I think coming back to that is always what grounds me, um, especially because I think I've read one time that like if you're ever in search of your purpose, um, becoming what you needed or cultivating the space that you needed as a child is where you will find that. And I think underneath all of like the millions of offerings that I give because I'm a manifesting generator in my human design. So like I'm constantly like doing several million things. Um, they all stem from the same seed of like being exactly what I needed as a child and only living in devotion to her approval. I do not seek the approval of society, of the patriarchy, of my parents, of anyone around me. I only am concerned with impressing who I was as a child and the inner child that still lives within me and making sure that she um is, is fed and nourished and excited and curious about the way that I'm living my life and the way that I offer um, what hopefully just kind of channels through me. But yeah, my why essentially ultimately through all of the stems really is connecting people back to the fullest version of themselves and understanding that it is not about bowing to these like spiritual gurus or leaders that tell you that they have it figured out so here's how you can heal and if you just sign up for my program you'll be you know it's really about um being led to get out of your own way and recognizing who you are returning back to who you were underneath programming and trauma and being removed from your own sense of wholeness so yes yes this inner child work. I would love to hear more about your process with that. I also want to reflect back and honor that I'm seeing 
or witnessing in you, you going into your own self-healing process through, through inner child work. And that that's actually what you're also offering to other people to connect with their essence, their purpose, their authentic self. Um, and yeah, I want to hear more about your process. Cause that's something that I've been going into for probably about a year and a half now. I don't know what was introduced to me or what the calling was, but there was something inside of me that was like, Ooh, a, a younger version of myself needs a lot of attention. And I actually have been going on this journey, which has been quite linear, actually, like going back to the, like the youngest version of myself that I can remember from my subconscious mind and then going throughout the years. And I'm like, <laughs> um, yes. Okay. Yeah. What's your process like? What is your uh-huh. process like? I love it. I love it. And I see it in you so well, because it's so worth noting that like outside of the mechanics of these offerings, right, outside of journaling and breath work and, and counseling and going within and, and revisiting your trauma. And I think all like the the actual physical avenues of it are so important, but so much of one's nectar is derived from their essence and who they live as. And I think that like I live in such a loud embodiment of my inner child that I think a lot of like what I offer to people is almost like in them witnessing me feeling liberated enough to live in devotion to like being um my most childlike self but yes inner child healing is so important and as I touched on it's like there are so many layers to it that I think there's so much of inner child healing that needs to be addressed in some sort of like therapeutic construct like work like especially if you had any kind of upbringing that um, was to any degree triggering or traumatic. It's so important to really um, visit that in a space that's healthy and professional. But how I approach, or rather, yeah, my part or my role in inner child healing is coming back to what it means to, like I mentioned before, live a life where the only person you are concerned with impressing is your inner child. And that, um, I think people can confuse that with meaning like, so I have no rules and I have no structure and I just play, play, play all day. Um, because I, I'm someone who's very disciplined and I do have a schedule and it's more so cultivating and constructing a life where, um, what you are devoted to the why of your life is based in, um, unconditional pleasure and play and where your curiosity is consistently being satiated and where you do not, um, let your soul dim out because the society has kind of constructed this way of being where we have to kind of like gray out and, and um, yeah. And just sacrifice our, our colorful, colorful minds for, yeah, just a, a life of attainment and working and sleeping to fuel the working. And I, yeah. And so I think how I navigate life is consistently checking in with like what lit me up as a child um, and what ways of living lit me up as a child. So that leads into taking scenic routes home or um, like sometimes I do my work outside. Sometimes I do my work underneath my covers with fuzzy socks on. Um, sometimes I do my work on the floor, right? Like letting myself break down the barriers of what adulthood says should be up and, and letting um, my expression, my self-expression and my way of navigating life be the way that I navigated life as a child, which was just consistently seeking out what lit me up. I remember one time you and I were doing a session um, uh, and you were leading me through um, a somatic practice. And part of it was like finding something in the room that like 
um, caught my attention that lit me up and like moving towards it and interacting with it. And I've let that inform how I navigate life. It's just being led by that moment's interest the way that a kid would. A kid is not so fixed that they can't um, see outside the confinement of their plans or the version of that identity that they're standing in in that moment, right? They're consistently led by exploration. And so that's how I do my best to live for sure. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. This like checking in with your own, I'm hearing pleasure and interest and desire. And also it sounds like in order to do that, to get beyond the sort of constructs, the sort of um, maybe habitual assumptions of how things should be, you know, how, how, how we have to do our work sitting in a chair at a desk, you know, <laughs> Um, and so, so maybe there's an element of almost like rule, rule breaking, um, or creating your own rules. And I love what you mentioned about, about, you know, you're like, yes, some people interpret this work as like having no boundaries or no rules. Um, which really just reminds me that if you spend time with an actual child, <laughs> um, whether it's your own child or you work with children, I don't have my own children, but I, I work with children and, they're really, they really do need a lot of structure and a lot of containment and a lot of boundaries and a lot of rules in order to feel safe. Um, and within that safety, that's when they can sort of bloom and be creative and, and follow their interests in a way that feels safe. So I know for me, that's also been part of my process. Um, and it ties all the way back to what we were saying about the fluidity of boundaries, um, and what's beautiful about this exploration that you're in with this inner child work is that, you know, there's the inner child and then there's, and then there's Jasmine as you are now, as the age that you are now, or maybe even like a future Jasmine, right? There's all these layers of time and time consciousness that lives within us. Um, and so, yeah, there's, there's this relationship building, right? You're building a relationship with that inner child. Um mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm going to pause to let you respond if there's anything else you want to add about this process or what it's like to commune or come into relationship with your inner child, if there's been any challenges or struggles or if it's been easy. <laughs> totally. Oh my God. Yeah. I love, love, love what you said, because I think that's so important to know is the fact that children do need structures and they do need boundaries to feel safe. And so I construct my life with that so deeply in mind. Like I, I, for instance, I wake up every single day at eight o'clock, but like from eight to 10, what I do in that time that is in devotion to the beginning of my day is free and fluid. Right. But I know that like, I'll be up at eight and by 10, I'll start to, you know, wind down, eat my breakfast, you know, check out my to-do list. But like what I do in those two hours, whether it's dancing, whether it's meditation, whether it's going on a walk, whether it's, you know, however I, I relate to my body in, the, in that structure of time um, is led by who I wake up as and what that version of myself wants. But yeah, no, it's come very organic to me because and every time I do interviews, I always, because I'm also a music journalist, I know I do a lot of interviews with artists and I always ask them what age they think their soul is. Um, and I would say for me, and I would love to know your answer to that actually, but for me, I've really come to the conclusion that my soul is like 14. And so I think living, so sometimes I actually get very jarred by having to 
grow up like I have whatever Peter Pan was going through it's it's something I struggle with because I just this whole thing I'm I'm doing my best to navigate but it's come it comes very inorganic to me to have to like be a fully actualized adult which is why I think my adulthood is so informed by who I am as a kid but <clears throat> yeah it comes very organically I will say of course there's so much that I have to confront in terms of like when expectation bleeds into how I approach my own life you know if I feel like well, maybe I should, you know, be less colorful, both metaphorically and also physically, because I dress up in a lot of colors, but also just like, should I, um, should I be um, in pursuit of a nine to five? Should I not have taken money out of my 401k because I wanted to go to Bali? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like what, how should I navigate my life? Um, keep taking into account the fact that like, there's a system that we have to abide by or can I be the embodiment of the dismantling of that system mm. so it's a question that I constantly return to it's a journey that I constantly navigate but it's also I wouldn't want to live a life in devotion to anything else and anytime I'm working with a client one-on-one -on -one, I mean if you were taking any step towards inner child healing what I would really say is you know there's so many meditations that you can do to kind of like drop back into your childhood to your childhood home to your childhood self and First and foremost, ask them, you know, what do you think about my life right now? Do you think that there's enough dance, that there's enough play, that there's enough exploration? Do you think that there's too much? Do you want to feel like I have um, a, a floor beneath me? Do you need more structure? Um, and ultimately, like, you know, what do you want more of? Do you want me to um, take up painting again? Do you want me to date? Like, do you actually want me to, like, get out there and see people? Do you need less stimulation? Do you need community? I think checking in with what your inner child desires and then building a life that nourishes and is led by that is so important. And of course, there's also like, I, I have so many playlists that are full of songs I liked as a child. I will revisit movies that I liked as a kid. I think it's just so important to like, make sure that you are taking care of them as you take care of yourself and know that it's the same thing. Wow. As I'm receiving what you're saying, it's so what I need to hear is I feel like I'm being like washed by <laughs> water right now. Yeah. yeah. What a beautiful reminder and also invitation to, um, yeah, an invitation to ask those questions. I'm sure I'm going to listen back to this and write down those questions in my journal. Those were so profoundly succinct questions. So yeah, I'd also invite the listener to do that as well, because that's a really beautiful practice to keep returning to. Um, I couldn't help but hear you mentioned the word dance a few times in what you've been saying. And I know that you've been working with um, the chakras and movement um, and I'm so curious to hear more about that. Um, do uh, Why don't we first, if you can define what the chakras are, um, and I can chime in too, you know, we can do this together if you would like, but um, I don't want to assume that everyone knows what that is. Um, but let's talk about the chakras. And then I'd love to hear about how this uh, comes into your current practice and your current offering with dance. Totally, absolutely. So chakras for anyone um, who's being introduced to it, um, it, it's literally the Sanskrit word for wheel. And there are these energetic centers that go up our spine, um, that they're moving, they're full of energy and they govern different themes of our lives. And so, um, you know, you have your roots, sacral, solar, heart, throat, third eye and crown. Um, they're governed by different elements, different colors, but ultimately um, different parts of our lives where if energy gets stuck there, 
it can truly manifest as something physical, like literally dis-ease in the body. And so anytime I was doing before dance chakras and and that whole thing came to be, whenever I would work with someone one-on-one, we would always do a lot of physical movement, um, breath work, um, different, you know, sauna and then yoga poses to really get that energy flowing again. If there was any stuck or, or stagnant energy related to that theme. So for instance, if you were having um, issues or yeah, just if you were struggling with implementing boundaries in your life, understand that that to some degree is some sort of throat chakra blockage and, and working with the throat area through color healing, through breath, through movement, through poses. Um, but how I navigated my own personal relationship with healing my chakras was, especially if I had any roots, which the root chakra houses our relationship with fears, our ancestral lineage, the stories that were passed down to us, um, our sense of self-worth and security and safety. Anytime I was struggling with that area, I would just wear all red or like wear red underwear and be completely naked. Um, and I would dance and I would dance it out of my body. And it's so important to note that dance and, and somatic movement entirely, but particularly dance is so directly linked to how our ancestors intuitively communed, celebrated, big rites of passage, healed. I mean, there are tribes of women that would stomp their feet um, to express anger, to express rage, to express joy and excitement. And so it's just so worth noting that like these kind of practices live in our ancestral bones and our energetic codes. And so because it was such a... Um, it it worked so well for me to move my body in relation to the energy and the emotions that were stuck. I would dance and I would cry or I would laugh. It was always a cathartic or euphoric experience for me individually. Um, it just kind of was birthed through me this idea of like, how come I'm not platforming these kinds of um, like rituals and uh, this practice of relating to your body in a way where you get to let your body inform what needs to be moved out and you do it through movement and you do it through dance, which is just such a euphoric, um, expressive experience. And so, yeah, I, I teamed up with um, my beautiful friend, Chantal Davidson. She is the CEO of Charisma Dance Fitness and she does a lot of like um, uh, dance classes that are related to spiritual healing. And so she and I, we cultivated this like 45 minute chakra dance class that has two dances per chakra um but we also go to different retreats um we have physical classes here at in south florida and we just gather we have a drum circle we are barefoot we are best in color and in community and we just dance our emotions out of our body we affirm we cry we stomp we scream and of course, if you are able to interact with that, whether in person or digitally, you're so invited to, but in your own practice, I would say, check in with your body, check in with the themes of what's going on for you emotionally. If you're feeling low in self-worth, if you're feeling disconnected from your inner child, if you're feeling scared, if you're feeling lonely, um, or if you're feeling overactive in any sort of avenue, coming back to that body, pinpointing where that emotion is. And moving with it, whether you want to move slowly, whether you want to move quickly, if you want to sweat it out, if you want to sway with it, just 
building intimacy with the physical expression of your emotion is so healing, which I know I'm sure you can speak to. Also, you never told me the age of your soul. And I want to circle back to that. As well. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> the age of my soul. <laughs> um, yeah. Thank you for sharing all of that. It's so, uh, I'm like, when can I take this class? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do it. It looks so, like so much fun. Okay. The age of my soul. I'm just pausing to feel into the age of my soul. I think somewhere quite young, actually. Hmm. I think like around five years old. I think around five. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I see that. Yeah. Beautiful. Which I actually, I wanted to do a little callback to when uh, we had a reading, you read my chart for me. And that was a really sort of big um, piece of information, something about how, like something about growing up and like, maybe like a little Peter Pan syndrome, like not wanting to grow up, like something within me, not really like understanding why we had to like do certain things. And I, I remember, I mean, it's so much a part of my experience now. And I remember that as a kid too, of just being like, like just asking why, why, why? And so many kids do this. And I, but even throughout my whole life, like I remember even talking to my dad and trying to like understand, um, what he did for work, you know, and he was in, in the, you know, doing finances and stuff like that. And I, I just didn't understand like, or like the stock market and finances. And I'm like, I just was like, but I, I don't understand. And I remember it would always come back to this place where I was like, but we're all making this up. And it, it got, it got super existential to the point where this man was like, I don't know what to tell you, kid. Like, <laughs> Not really. And, and it's like, I still do this to myself. I still go down this rabbit hole. And I think it's because there is sort of this connection to this inner child of, of being like, but, but why it's like, okay, I understand the structure. Like, okay, I get the government. I get the purpose of the government. I get what these rules are and everything. And I'm like, but are we all forgetting that we're all just making this up? <laughs> like, I don't, it feels like I'm in the twilight zone sometimes. And so Anyway, I think that's a part of the expression of my inner five-year-old of just wanting to like be real, you know, I'm like, come on people just be real. Like this is all made up. So let's play. Let's play. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, can I just quickly speak to how important I think it's so important to revisit that question, which not to like fully tutor off what we were just talking about, but like, <laughs> I think it, it feels it there's such permission to break rules when you realize that we're just making them up and these like structures these ways of being that are killing our our soul <laughs> are really man-made and hey we're men right we're human so like we can make up our own rules and live by them as well so like yes it's yeah. all made up. numbers money barely even exists physically anymore like nothing is real so just dance. Yeah, so just dance. Make it up as you go along. Yeah. And that's that to me is also always a practice that I'm returning to. I mean, this is sort of ties into the theme of our inner child work. Everything that we've been talking about is just like consistently coming back to the question of like your own inner why, you know, and your own inner purpose as to, as to why we're doing the things that we do. And then to get out of the way, get the, all of that inner judgment and all of those rules and regulations out of the way enough, just enough 
to be able to listen a, a bit deeper. Mm, yeah. So segue back into the chakra dance. <laughs> how love it. How have you what what have you learned about yourself in the process as you're as you're coming into your body, you're checking in, tuning in with these different energy centers. Has there been any sort of self revelations that you've had or self learnings that you've been through? Wow, yes. Yes, absolutely. I think I think the most significant one has truly been that I I think as humans we are always trying to understand and I think I've always been in question of like what am I supposed to be doing? What is my purpose? What is like and I think I've truly come to the knowing that I am just meant to seek out pleasure as much as I possibly can on my time on this earth. And there are so many ways I experience pleasure through um through flavors through sounds but I think if I break down like the most important ones to me it's um it's laughter it's intimacy and it's dance and it's recognizing the fact that healing can very much be this like um sort of you know medical structured logical rational experience but it can also be this like embodied um pleasureful, easeful, liberating, fun, cathartic, and euphoric experience. And so um, it's built a deeper relationship with my body. I have had to navigate navigate um, body image issues and, and um, a trigger warning, but like my relationship with food and everything. And so to finally stand in this place where um, I am solely motivated by making sure that my body feels good that it's emotionally spiritually and physically strong through um how I express it through how I interact with it through how I let it lay down when it needs to rest through how I move it when it needs to express has really deepened my own relationship with myself and what our entire conversation boils back down to which is self-resourcing my worth and understanding that as long as I am constructing my actions and my choices to be in honor of feeling good then that is all that matters so yeah I hope that that answers the question I kind of just (laughs) yes of course I'm hearing learning about learning about pleasure and connecting with pleasure and that pleasure being your compass and how you navigate and move through the world and dance being part of part of that part of that pleasure which of course makes so much sense and I'm just you know as you're speaking I'm like nodding (laughs) yes yes yes. I resonate so much with this um yeah with this cultivation of both pleasure and play those those two pillars for me have been just the foundation of my somatic work um and it's like always something I come back to, like how, you know, how we're coming into our bodies, can we shift our attention into what feels good, you know? And in order to, to connect with what feels good, we have to learn how to feel, right? <laughs> and feeling 
happens through sensation, which happens through our senses. And so, of course, moving and and dancing is something that awakens our sensations. Um, and sensations happen, um, I mean, are happening all the time because our bodies are just taking in information and processing information in our inner environment, our outer environment, and it's all movement, right? So it can be happening on the subtlest of levels. And it also happens on the most expressive levels too of dancing. And I love this image of all of your, you know, your workshops, like everyone's wearing colorful clothes, like stomping their feet on the ground and, and allowing that to come from this natural place of following interest, following desire and following pleasure. Like what actually wants to emerge, like what wants to express itself through this lens of, of pleasure and, and can we be playful about it? You know, can we not take ourselves so gosh, darn seriously <laughs> in the process? Oh, yeah. You could not have worded that more succinctly. <laughs> so thank you for taking everything that I said and condensing it into like a digestible platter. Um, <laughs> yes. And I think, and the only thing I wanted to touch on was you, um, yeah, just honoring what's emerging. And I think that, like I said, we can live in extremes and we can define, I think the gray area, gray area is very uncomfortable for a lot of people and we can sort of orient our lives to be fixed. And so it's so important to note that like your identity and your desires are going to be reborn every morning that you wake up. And so I think that is why it's so important to cultivate a intimate, consistent relationship and, and dialogue with your body because it'll inform you about what feels right today because even just relating to our own like menstrual cycles or our moon cycles if you're someone who bleeds like what you need in your ovulation phase is going to be very different than what you need when you're bleeding or when you're in your follicular phase and so it's just so important to have that dialogue with your body and to let who you are in that morning in that breath in that hour inform how you show up for yourself mm. Ah, that's so beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I have so much to respond to. I resonate. I resonate so deeply with all of these themes that you're describing of pleasure and play inner child, and then all the healing work of, of, you know, coming into our bodies to learn how to listen rather than, you know, have some imposed idea of what we should look like, right. Or how we should act or be like, and, um, and yeah, and our menstrual cycle, I'm like, whoo, I could talk to you forever. I really could, because I've gone down the rabbit hole of learning about menstrual cycle, how that relates to, you know, my somatic experience. But you know what? I'm going to take a pause here with you and just plant the seed of intention to have you come back for another interview at some point, because you just have so much value that you're sharing in your work and your words and your own inner experience. And I just appreciate you so much sharing <laughs> your experience with us today. Um, with that said, is there anything else you want to share before we sort of wrap our time up together? Oh my gosh. I, and yeah, I think we are the biggest mirrors for each other. And it makes so much sense that we have vibrationally aligned on the same timeline because I think we're like from the same nebula. So it means the absolute world um, that you re reflect that back to me. And I would come back at any point anyway. Um, yeah. And, and the only thing I would close or, or offer is just to remember that we 
we liberate our ancestors when we liberate ourselves. And so it is your duty, your, your civic duty to live a life that does not abide by regulations that don't take into account your true soul's desires, your true heart's thirst. And so I just would invite you to challenge the walls or the rules that you have implemented self-informed or societally informed and just um, step outside of your lines a bit. Um, spend more money than you are comfortable spending because it's <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, wake up in the morning and say, what do I get to do in this next hour that is um, to some degree playful or in contrary to what my schedule tells me to do? Just live outside of your own confinement. And and I guarantee you that you will find something so precious in that. Um, and yeah. Wow. Said like a true Aquarian. I <laughs> have chills all over my body. <laughs> Break the rules, play. Okay. <laughs> um, where can people find you? Do you have anything coming up or um, would you like to share your space on social media and where you hang out in the online? Yes, after like trashing our relationship with social media, I'm like, <laughs> anyway, follow me though. Uh, <laughs> so my at is Jasmine Kyleen, J-A-Z-M-I-N-K-Y-L-E-N-E. Um, and my website is jasminekyleen.com. I mean, I'm constantly offering um, moon circles, um, astrology updates. If you want to work with me one-on-one, you can absolutely do so as well. Um, if you want to download the chakra dance class, it's a 45 minute class. It's great if you like want to work out, but also if you're just like, I, I need to move some energy out of my body. I need to aliven my, my, my state. Um, it's incredible for that as well. And if you're in the South Florida area, we do every month, we do a different chakra. So the solar plexus chakra class will be um, second weekend of December, we'll be wearing all yellow. We'll be on the beach, um, taking in the sun. Like it's going to be really, really incredible. So yeah. And otherwise, if you want to interact with me, please do. But otherwise I hope that you just take whatever we have mirrored back to you from this conversation, you take it. And most importantly, you integrate it. It's not just to hear it, but it's to practice it, to embody it, to live it. And yeah. And that you walk with grace and love. Wow. Thank you so much. <laughs> such a valuable conversation. And I literally cannot wait to connect with you again. Same. I adore you. Thank you so much for listening and for being here with me on this journey of your living body. If you're feeling ready to move into a fuller, more expanded, aligned, and clear version of yourself, and if you're ready to make the changes that you need to bring your dreams and aspirations forth into your life, I invite you to apply for my one-on-one -on -one program, Retrieval. Retrieval is a custom-tailored program to assist you during times of transition. And these sessions offer space for somatic, verbal, and creative processing to support you on your journey through the bardo, or the space between. Through guided self-inquiry, you will traverse the liminal lands of the subconscious body-mind and retrieve your sense of purpose. The main intention is to guide you back to your path and to remember the essence of who you are. 
I hope you'll join me. Applications are now open on my website and linked below in the show notes.